I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Um, everything is better than working out. Um, <laughs> everything is also better than being fat. Uh, at least I found yeah. I tried it. No, you're not fat. You might be a little overweight. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'd rather be fat than work out. Well, yeah, okay. of course, okay. but yeah. it still sucks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. They both suck. Yeah. You just said everything is worse and I don't think that's true. All right. So here's the thing. <laughs> if you can find a way to uh, keep the calories down and still mm. have it all, baby. That it, seems like a good solution. It does. Built Bars have 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein. They're made with 100% real chocolate. They are really good. And is it Puffs? That's the name of them, right? Oh, if you haven't, yeah, if like you haven't the tried the marshmallow kind of oh thing. Oh my yeah. gosh. The first ever protein infused marshmallow bar uh, dipped in chocolate. It, they are so good. I am a huge fan of banana flavor. This, I mean, I'm in heaven with these. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order. Promo code BEC15. Built.com. Today is the anniversary of the loss of Rush Limbaugh. Uh, it has been a year since we lost that giant. Some quick comments on that. And then James Lindsay is joining us. I don't know if you know him. He's the founder and president of New Discourses. He is relentless in his uh, drive to wake people up about woke ideology. He is uh, also famous for his grievance study affair, which, if you don't know what that is, just look it up. It's hysterical and terrifying at the same time. He also has uh, uh, Cynical Theories, a book that he wrote uh, recently, and he has a new one out today called Race Marxism. I was reading it last night, and I have to tell you, it is, it's so clarifying on CRT. We talk to him in 60 seconds. In this country, we we feel as though being one is a dying ideal. That hope and honor and service is a dying ideal. But those of us who it's not dying in, we need to stand together because people need help. You know that last year, more cops died in the line of duty than ever before, than ever on record. Gee. Why do you think that's happening? Now we can just have that in our heart and, you know, help it go hard a little bit more. 
or we can step in and we can help those families and those children that have been left behind. Tunnel to Towers will pay off the mortgage, lift the financial burden, and bring their family to stability when a first responder or a military service person doesn't come home. Please, what I'd like to ask you to do is just help out $11 a month. If you could afford $11 a month, please donate, and you can do that at T, the number two, T.org. It's for Tunnels to Towers. It's T. 2t.org Before we go to uh, James, um, today is the one year anniversary of the death of Rush Limbaugh. Um, Rush Limbaugh is really the only reason I'm still in radio because I used to be a stupid disc jockey and man, I got to be 30 and I was like, I want to hang myself if I have to play another pop hit. Uh, and, um, I was going to get out and my dad said, you've known what you wanted to do since you were eight. And I said, I know, but I can't do it anymore. He said, yes, you can. You're just not talking about the things that interest you. Find those things and restart your career. He was right. And the only reason why I could restart my career is because Rush Limbaugh had already paved the path of people doing talk. This is before podcasts, kids. Nobody was doing talk radio. And if they did, it was horrible. And Rush brought it in to the mainstream. So I am grateful to him on many levels. And he actually had to approve my being on this network because I preceded him on the network. And uh, I'm glad I didn't know why that hotline light was lit up the entire show back in 2000, what, 2000 or 2001. It was Rush listening to my program. I want to be really um, clear on this because I certainly do not deserve what I have in my hand. There are other people that are that should have gotten this much more than me. I I received this um, because they know that I will care for it. They know that. We're building a museum, and they know that I will share it with people so they can actually see it. But this is Rush Limbaugh's golden microphone. From behind my golden microphone, this is one of the most important artifacts. I have Orson Welles' original script from War of the Worlds that he used on that night. That has made me cry the first time I handled that. The same with this. This is a, an icon um, that will go on forever for anybody who appreciates the spoken word. Rush, I wish you were here still using it. This will be uh, on display at the Mercury Studios every day. All right, let me go to James Lindsay. He is the author of Race Marxism. Uh, James, how are you, sir? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Very good. So the last time you were in was a couple of weeks ago, and I did a, uh, a podcast with you, and you can find it on YouTube.com uh, forward slash Glenn Beck. Um, but uh, 
it was it's fascinating because you know this inside and out. I was reading your book last night and it's all on CRT and you talked about uh, the practice of CRT. I really want to make sure we get to that. But first, can you quickly describe what CRT is so people who are fighting it can fight it, you know, uh, more effectively? Yeah, right at the very beginning. So the very first thing I'll say, actually, is the title of the book. That's your description of, of CRT. Critical race theory is race Marxism. So it's Marxism that uses race in place of class. Uh, so if you understand the ideological engine of Marxism, if you understand the activism of Marxism, if you understand the trajectory of a Marxist society, that's what you're looking at, just using race in place of economic class. Okay, hang but, on just uh, a second. And that came because... Marx thought that the working class would rise up and overthrow the the uh, big banks and the business and everything else, and they would want to be able to take control. So you would go into communism that didn't work in the West. And so later race Marxism was was founded or or. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Let me tell you the story. This is actually in the middle part of the book, uh, and this is the key. I don't think. Somehow, I think that the scholars, bless their hearts, have missed (laughs) the trajectory of Marxism over the past, say, 50 to 70 years. You know, truly from a Southerner, bless their hearts. I know. Uh, Yeah, Marxism, Marxism took a gigantic exit ramp in the 1960s. What happened was that the middle 20th century Marxists, we call them sometimes neo-Marxists or critical Marxists, uh, they realized, they said Marx was wrong. They, this is Max Horkheimer. I'm quoting Max Horkheimer, who was, who was the, the creator of critical theory. He said specifically in an interview in 1969, Marx was wrong. He believed that, that capitalism would immiserate the worker, but it doesn't. It allows him to build a better life. That's why they created the critical theory was because capitalism actually works. Another big theory. Hey, hang on, hang on. I just wanted to digest that here for a second. That yeah. quote says everything, everything. It allows them to create a better life. So they had to find something else. And so to really understand what they're doing, this is why capitalism is under attack right now. They're using race and saying it doesn't help the races build a life. It is all these white people that have created this system. And so the whole system has to be torn down. And that is capitalism. It's a brilliant, brilliant system. That's right. So like I started to say, this other guy, Herbert Marcuse, most influential of the critical Marxists, writing in the 1960s, very famous books, very famous essays and, and, and articles, uh, hundreds of thousands of readers. He's the, considered the father of the so-called new left. And so he says that what happened was that advanced capitalism works. He actually says that it, it allows the working class to stabilize. And when they stabilize by becoming a middle class with stuff, they become a conservative and a counter-revolutionary force. So he says in this essay in 1969, that same year Horkheimer said that, that capitalism works, he said in this essay, we need a new working class, a new one. And let's look, he says in his own words, to the ghetto populations. Let's look to the feminists. Let's look to the sexual minorities. Let's look to the unemployed and the outcasts from society. That's where the vital needs for a revolution exist. So it's exactly what you just explained. 
That's exactly what you just explained. They came up with a new way to analyze and they say, well, yeah, capitalism works, but not for everybody. And it doesn't work for the sexual minorities and it doesn't work for the racial minorities and it doesn't work for the women. And let's cobble together an identity politics movement. Identity Marxism is what I actually call it. And critical race theory is the race brand of that. Can I ask you, James, um, you know, because I've always thought that it was weird that the biggest racist um, of the day, uh, Lyndon Johnson, became the guy who did the Great Society. And when you see the effects of the Great Society, you realize this just destroyed the black family. And I've always thought it was racism uh, that keeps these programs going and uh, because everything even today Let's get rid of the police. That's hurting the black family much faster. The people who live in the inner cities much more than the people who are are living in the suburbs. It, it, it impacts these people first. So is this part of this Marxist philosophy to uh, churn everybody up the most likely to uh, stand up and overthrow a system because of their poverty and desperation? Yeah, and Marx advocated that, but this is actually more, if you ever listen to people that escaped, say, the Soviet Union or the, the Mao's China, they always, they don't say Marxism, Marxism, they say Marxism-Leninism. And so this is more the Leninist model. Lenin very famously said, accelerate the contradictions. What does that mean? It means make the misery visible to people because then they'll hate the system and want it to be overthrown. What was he specifically referring to when he said accelerate the contradictions? He was responding to somebody who said that the Ukrainians in the Holodomor were starving, dying by the millions. And he said, accelerate the contradictions. So the entire model of the Marxist theory as put into practice by Vladimir Lenin was to make life as miserable as possible for the people that you want to become your revolutionaries so that they'll hate everything and be willing to burn it all down well, that so sure that they might have a shot at a better life. It sure explains everything that our government is doing because it's, it's almost as if every possible way they could poke a stick at us they have um they've made everything miserable is yeah you're not allowed to like anything correct your sports they put it into your entertainment they put it every show you try to watch on tv has this kind of fake woke narrative that's being thrust upon you that you don't like it's in your advertisements you try to just scroll the internet do something to take your mind off of it or watch youtube and there's some woke commercial that gets thrust in your face they've made it so that you aren't allowed to enjoy anything classical music beethoven's a racist you're not allowed to like that anymore you like other kind of music elvis presley was a racist too he stole the blues and turned it into rock and roll for his own profit you're not allowed to like anything Everything has to be made as miserable as possible. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Claymation, 1950s. Every Christmas they spend, you know, article after article condemning that for its bullying culture and its patriarchy and its racism. Uh, You're not allowed to like anything. Back with more from uh, James Lindsay. You're going to understand your world a lot better when you really understand CRT race marxism and that's the name of the book race marxism if you have kids in school if you're a parent standing up if you're just an american who says what the hell is happening you need to read this book i I understand it in a completely different way after reading race marxism james Lindsay is with us back in a minute 
You know, back in that good old day. Do we can do we have any kind of uh, I don't know Cuomo music? Hey, back in the good old days, robbing a fellow of his money, you know, was easy. It's a guess. So unsophisticated, you might say. You know, a quick baseball bat to the knees and pow, bang! You had yourself a wallet full of cash. Bada bing! Now you gotta get online. You, you gotta take people's stuff virtually. I'm not into that metaverse thing, you know? I like a big old baseball bat. Hey! Uh, All right. Well, um, sure, the mob is upset, but the mob is hiring young people that understand the Internet as well. Mainly Russians, strangely. Your information is at risk every day, every time you go online. Everything about you is online. You can't catch everything. I don't even know how to get on the dark web. I don't know. I don't want to know, but I don't know. So if my information's out on the dark web, how do I know it? I can't. So, or I just don't want to take the effort. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. Anyway, I, I've hired somebody to take the effort for me at a very reasonable price. It's lifelock.com. They're the best in the business, in my opinion. They were the first in the business to, to go down this rabbit hole. And now it is a real problem. So, lifelock.com go there now use the promo code back and you'll save 25 percent 1-800-LIFELOCK 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com promo code back 10 seconds station id uh a must read is race marxism Uh, You will understand it in a completely different way. And you will have people in your family. uh, You'll have people who are Utes who will say, oh, well, you're not really uh, somebody that wants to stop this problem because you won't declare that you're anti-racism and anti-racist. I don't even know how to argue that. Um, But James does. James, what does that mean to be anti-racist? It means that you're a comrade. That's what it means. Anti-racist is the, the critical race theory word for comrade. It means that you've taken up allyship, that you've studied enough of the critical race theory to understand it. And so you understand to be an anti-racist. It's not enough to say, oh, I don't like racism or whatever. It means that you have to understand racism in this race Marxist way, that there's a structure. That's actually a Marxist idea. You hear systemic racism or structural racism. People hear these. Those are Marxist ideas. Marx believed, just to summarize quickly, that there was a a superstructure to society, and that's the upper class. And then there's a infrastructure to society, that's the lower class, the productive class, the farmers and workers with the hammers and the sickles doing all the productive work, and that there's a relationship, a conflict between them. He called it a dialectical materialist relationship between them that creates social relations. And the social relations are the structure of society. So structural racism is between white people and people of color, that the racism that that white people created in the 1600s that we've fought so diligently to get rid of with blood and so much blood spilled to get past you know, slavery to get past uh, with the civil rights to get past segregation and apartheid states. 
All of that doesn't matter to them because the system, they say, is imbued with racism. And you must understand it this way and be against the entire system in order to be an anti-racist. And that has nothing to do with actual racism. This has everything to do with flipping the system to communism, correct? Yeah, I mean, like we can take the words from the, the Democratic monstrosity from, from Massachusetts, Ayanna Presley, who told us last year, I think last year, maybe it was in 2020, time flies when there's riots. She said, we don't want any more black faces who don't want to be black voices. We don't want any more brown faces who don't want to be brown voices. So what it has nothing to do with racism, what it has to do with is adopting their politics, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're brown, doesn't matter who you are. If you don't adopt their politics, you don't count. So what it's about is installing people who are critical race theorists into positions of power. We call this creating a party. We call this Leninism or Bolshevism. James, we're talking to James Lindsay. Uh, the name of the book is Race Marx- Marxism, a must have for any library. You'll be able to understand it um, and be able to fight against it. I, I want to I've got two minutes here before we go to a break, and I want to get to some solutions on how to stop this. Um, But I really want you to go into the practice of it. Um, I was reading the chapter. I think it was the second to the last chapter last night. And the the practice of it changes your understanding of what this is really about. Yeah, this is the Marxist thing. All Marx knew what to do was to create what he called class consciousness, to wake up the proletariat, to want to rebel against society. So when you transport that into the race context, you understand all critical race theorists do. They only do one thing all the time, which is to try to make critical race theorists out of everybody one way or another. And the primary target, of course, they're using is children who are easy to program and mold in the schools, for example. So their goal, and if you understand this, Uh, It tells you what you have to do is you have to protect your children from these people. You have to get them out of their influence. You have to protect yourself by understanding it and rejecting it. All they're trying to do is make critical race theorists out of everybody, because if they get enough of them, they can overthrow society. They can put themselves in positions of power and overthrow society with them on top. When in your book, you explain it so well about this is everything. This is everything. And that's why they are so protective, uh, protective of it and uh, will shut people down and call them terrorists if you say, hey, CRT is really bad because they can't be shut down. They ha- Their thing is, if we can just make new apostles and new apostles mean really the only thing you do is make other apostles. And so it just is a it's a bunny hatch, a breeding ground in our schools. And they think and I believe them, I think they're right. You get enough and capitalism and the American way of life, the Western way of life is over back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Great Reset is not coming. It's already here. We're at a point, if you look out your window, you'll see the moon has turned to blood. I mean, I I wouldn't be that surprised. Maybe it's not that. Yeah, it is that bad. Anyway, um, here's the thing. You need things that you can do that will protect your family. And one of those things is to call American Financing now. We're not talking about hours on the phone. We're talking 
10 minutes, 10 minutes, they can do a free mortgage review and let you know the options where you might be able to save money on a ton of money. No obligation, no upfront, no hidden fees, just a good company working for you and not the banks. Call American Financing. A loan with them can literally change everything for you and you could skip up to two mortgage payments and closes in as little as 10 days. Would that free up some cash for you? American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. We are talking to James Lindsay, uh, who is just a brilliant, I mean, that's putting it mildly, mildly a brilliant uh, math mathematician and uh, math professor. He is a guy who has always thought he was liberal until he started, you know, realizing, wait a minute, you guys aren't consistent. You're not making any sense here. <laughs> Uh, and then he thought he would point that out to the powers that be, and they crushed him. And so he has been working from outside the system now and uh, is really an honest searcher for truth. We're talking to him about his brand new book uh, called uh, Race, hang on just a second, Race Marxism. Uh, I've been reading it, uh, and just I'm on the last chapter now, and it is it's eye-opening. If you are dealing with CRT uh, in your life, you need to know this. And I think most of us are dealing with it in some way or another. If you have children, absolutely. Um, but if you're at work and they call you in for a little, uh, a little race discussion, that is CRT as well. Um, you, and I don't want to touch on this for very long, but you, you talk about uh, that CRT is has some Nazi parallels, correct? Yeah, it does. It has some parallels to the Nazis, but it, it, I'm careful to distinguish it from the National sure. Socialist ideology because it actually is different. Um, but what it contains is it has this socialist engine underneath, and it has this uh, kind of stratification of society program built into it. And in particular, it operates because it uses race based instead of class to, to do its its work. It actually creates the what what the Germans called folkish nationalism mm -hmm. that Hitler built his program out of. Uh, the idea for him was Ein Folk. The German people were going to be one people, one folk. And this is why you hear them say brown folks, black folks, white folks all the time. It was imported from W.E.B. Du Bois, who went and studied in Germany uh, just before the turn of 1900. And he came back and he created this idea that li literally fed into the ideas of black nationalism, which, again, sees black folks as one people. And the communists actually exploited this. They always find nationalist movements and exploit them uh, throughout history. They did especially in China. Uh, but they, they exploited the black nationalist movement and critical race theory actually grew out of that. That it's, said, of course, Hitler had an Aryan race ideology that does not appear. There is no superior race ideology in critical race theory, just to be clear that it is different. Hang on just a second. But there is a problem race. Uh, and yeah, that is there's a scapegoated race. Right. I mean, that is white people. And by the way, uh, you know, 
Jews are looked at as white people. Now Asians are looked to as white people. I mean, they are demonizing one race as the problem. And that doesn't end well in the end. It never ends well. No. And that is the the biggest parallel to the National Socialist Movement is that it is demonizing by race. And for people who don't know, uh, there is there was a book in 98 by Karen Brodkin titled mm-hmm. How Jews Became White Folks. And it goes into this tremendous detail about how Jewish people threw other racial groups under the bus to be recognized as white. And then when they obtained white privilege for themselves, they became the the kind of leaders of white culture and started to hoard white culture for Jeez. themselves. It, it, that reproduces Nazi ideology virtually perfectly with regard to its anti-Semitic tropes. Now, that, that only happens in a society where you cannot compromise and we've always been a society where we can say hey you you know you believe your thing and i'll believe my thing but that's not these we are dealing with um they're revolutionaries from the streets they're now just in boardrooms and classrooms and there is no compromise for these people is that true correct no, compromise, as a matter of fact, is something that upholds some of the status quo. You, and so therefore, you are part of the enemy. The system has to be completely overturned. We can look in uh, Critical Race Theory and Introduction, for example, which is a book, obviously, about critical race theory. And they tell us that they, they very carefully, on the very first page of the book, distinguish uh, traditional approaches of civil rights, which they say use incrementalism and step-by-step progress, the kind of thing that we would see in a, in a republic or in a parliamentary system, they reject that in favor of revolutionary approaches instead. So they have to overthrow the entire system conveniently with themselves placed in the positions of power uh, on the other side of the revolution. You need to understand this if you are going to school board meetings and fighting. You need to know who you're fighting against, and it is not the fight you think you're in. You're not fighting somebody who believes in America and believes uh, in the things that you believe most likely. There are those people who are just, you know, go along to get along and they think they understand it. But if they really understand critical race theory, uh, there is no compromise and you're in trouble. Uh, that goes for the corporations, too. So what do we do to fight it? Well, it turns out we have a great example. You know, I mentioned a few things in the book. I talk about different policy proceed, uh, proposals we could have to ban the, the segregation and ban the discrimination and ban the scapegoating that we have going on in our schools. I talk about kind of this cultural renewal project of Americanism. And I talk about what America in the last chapter is really about this exactly what you were saying about the freedom of belief and and being able to compromise and get along despite differences. And I say that that's rooted in a common sensibility. And so now we have this great example of how to fight back. The Canadian truckers are showing us how to fight back. You think that's about just the vaccines, but it's the same for this. What do you have there? Exactly the opposite of everything Marxists want to have happen. Marxism is a, is a ideology of division and hate and misery. And so what do you see? You see people of all races, down-to-earth, working-class people getting together, having fun, being peaceful. They aren't going into the backlash that critical race theory through all of its literature predicts. They aren't becoming violent to try to protect their racial interests. It's multiracial, multiethnic, people out in the street dancing and having fun, playing music, building shelters, feeding people, having a good time. They're doing, this is the example, is people coming together regardless of race and being friends and being positive and refusing to budge on marxist uh you know incursions into their their society but again you're fighting people that are not going to give up i mean look what they're doing with the banks 
Do we, you know, when we get to this point, and I think we are, and, you know, you, you have said, I think this book is just in time. We've talked about how CRT is uh, an enforcement tool for the Great Reset. Uh, correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we, we have to fight it. Uh, before we fight it on the street, we have to fight it in our own life. So, so parents, you should read this book. But what about if you're working in a corporation and they say, hey, we're going to have a discussion on race today and everybody has to attend. What do you do? Yeah, that the obvious challenge there is that you are now in a decision dilemma of your own uh, because the corporate power structure is quite tyrannical and you don't have a lot of options. Your choices are to go along and, you know, be subversive, primarily gathering information that you might leak to expose the company for doing it, or to try to rebel and find out that you're up against a machine. The corporate world is the hardest place to fight it. And this is the place where I think we're going to, we're seeing not enough of, and I'm going to need the most legislative action. We're going to need to see Congress and state legislatures and governors taking uh, strong, decisive action that bans this idea of using ESG scores to determine virtually everything. We need to have them come coming up with solutions within the the borders of the United States that prohibit these kind of very bizarre behaviors by these big banks like BlackRock and Vanguard, where they're using the leverage to put on the company. Because once you're in the company as the individual, you don't have much you can do. So you need to be reaching out to your lawmakers. You need to be reaching out to your governors. We can't rely on the Biden administration that's in on this whole hog. So you have to be reaching out to these other people and trying to get them to start coming up with legislative uh, solutions that they can use to to put a roadblock in place of this to protect workers from these uh, from this racketeering basically that's going on yeah. this, this fraudulent product of DEI that's being used to raise their ESG scores if you will with the Great Reset you these things this product is fraudulent people should be suing so it doesn't make better racial or sexual dynamics it creates hostile working environments we're working with twenty states um, on ESG uh, legislation. And the people who get it, get it. And it's people on both sides of the aisle that, that see it and get it. The bigger pushback is not from the, the uh, Democrats, the normal Democrats. Um, the big pushback, a lot of times, is from the Republicans who say, that's a private business. The business can do whatever they want. I had a group of people just tell me the other day, uh, where is this even happening? I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about theory. Yes, they have ESG scores, but where has this affected anyone? <laughs> Everywhere. That's what these people need to understand. They need to understand a couple of things. First things first. And this is why I said one of the things that people can do is they can go to the training. They can take pictures of all the material and then they can leak that into the world. Because where is it happening? People, they, the, the Marxists will always gaslight you and try to tell you it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not real. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. People need to see it. Show, don't tell has to be the rule. You have to show people this is really what they're doing. And in most cases where that's happened, things, you know, the companies get bad press. They try to get away from it. They try to take some step. It does put pressure on them. Secondly, these, these lawmakers that think, you know, these are private companies, they can do what they want. They need to understand the Marxists, when they abandoned the working class in the 60s, figured out how to use the corporate model to mm -hmm. do the tyranny that they need. And we're not working in a free market, which is what principle they're reaching to. We're working in an grotesquely captured market, a grotesquely monopolized market with humongous trust through things like the World Economic Forum that aren't just trusts across industries using the banks as the lever. 
but also trusts that are incorporating governments, a public-private partnership, they call it, Klaus Schwab calls it, the World Economic Forum. That's literally fascism. So these people need to wake up and realize that they are using the corporations as a workaround of the Constitution. And if they believe in the Constitution, they believe in the oath that they've pledged to the Constitution, they need to stand up and defend the Constitution against enemies that are corporate. It's not a free market that's taking place. James, I want to thank you for writing the book. I want to thank you for being who you are um, and really, truly being unafraid. But I also want to thank you for traveling and talking to legislatures all across the country. Uh, I don't remember what state it was, but I was talking to a group and they said, you had just spoken to the legislature about CRT and race Marxism. And so when we started talking to them about ESG, they were like, we know, we got it, we're on it. And I, I can't yeah. thank you enough. Yeah, I'm getting all over. It was probably Kansas. The good yeah, people might have been. Kansas are yeah. very interested in this. Yeah. I'm going to Florida next, so we'll good. talk to them soon. Yeah, I'm wondering where Florida is on this, but have at him, James. Have at him. Thank you so much. Uh, James Lindsay, he is the author of the book Race Marxism. If you want to understand CRT and you want to go deeper into why ESG is an enforcement uh, of Marxism, Please grab Race Marxism uh, and his podcast, NewDiscourses.com, NewDiscourses.com, his New Discourses podcast found wherever you get your podcasts. And you did a long uh, interview, over an hour, uninterrupted on this topic, which is available on your YouTube page. And it is, it's hair raising. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, uh, I found it inspiring. I found I walked out Mm. of that feeling good. Um, and I think it's because there are things you can do. And once you know it, power comes from knowledge. So learn it. And you can find that uh, YouTube podcast with uh, with James Lindsay at theblazetv.com slash Glenn or wherever you get your podcast, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. There's a playlist of all your podcast episodes there, which is the easiest way to find one if you're looking for one of those long form interviews. Uh, Tuttle Twins, our sponsor this half hour, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And we're I mean, we just were talking about people who say I'm anti-racist. They have good intentions, most of them, because they don't know what they're into. They don't know what it is. Once you know, well, then you can see which path goes to light, and which path goes to the dark. The Great Reset is beginning to rear its ugly head. And the battle before us is for the soul of our nation. And that soul of our nation is being lost with our children. That is why the Tuttle Twins books are so important. They're fun. They're entertaining for all ages. uh, But they also instill critical American values while teaching about our history and how the free market works. These and other Tuttle Twin teen books are still on extended uh, Valentine's Day sale until the end of the week. If you don't have any teens yet... Uh, They're also doing a steep discount on their children's series, too. $50 for all 12 books and the activity workbooks. So go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com right now and get this Valentine's deal. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids and your teens sane and solid in this crazy world. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth.
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We are so glad you're here. If you missed last night's show, who's running the White House? Stu, didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> no. Yeah. An email I was not familiar with, I have to admit. Uh, me neither. Me neither. We and and something that is it's Tides Foundation on steroids, is it not? Yes, and uh, it's not. You know, you presented a lot of the uh, obviously the the details behind it, um, and I was surprised to see even like the New York Times has yeah has has talked about this in a different way. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. But like they even they're like this is some weird dark muddy stuff they're trying to pull <laughs> off here. Yeah, when the New York Times <laughs> is like. I'm not sure if this is all on the up and up. You know there's trouble. Yeah. You no. know there's real trouble. And it was very entertaining. As I mentioned before, it was a very entertaining way to take in a bunch of like, you know, funnels of money through, you know, dark, you know, <laughs> corners of the world and the internet wow. and all, all the things they're doing and the way they're using mal, miss, and disinformation to get these things done. Un believable yeah. unbelievable they, we forget they invented this stuff yeah right? i know this is their stuff this is their they know stuff. how to use it better than we exactly do exactly right and if you have the big tech on your side you mm. can get away with it mm -hmm. uh you need to see last night's episode available now on blaze tv.com slash glenn use a promo code glenn and and save on your subscription. Join us, become part of the family, and uh, learn the things you're not going to learn really anyplace else. It was a very funny broadcast and kind of sad. It was almost a breakup of me and George Soros. There's a, <laughs> there's a new George Soros, and George didn't like the breakup. It was messy. On last night's Wednesday night special. This is the Glenn Beck Program.